Macedonia pours over the details of the murders and the journalists' subsequent arrest, there is a startling development. He is found dead in his cell. Sleepyhead next door woke me up at 5.30 this morning. He was having another nightmare about his mother. Oh, shit. Sammy, for God's sake, will you shut up? It's 5.30. Every morning, every morning, he wakes me up. I can never get back to sleep. Usually I go out and take a dawn stroll around Victopia in Gallatry. You know, just to see how much is left. Or even the Prince Beecher's tenement. I ran into Red of... Uh, Deadwood and Red, if you remember, whose apartment is two floors down from mine. She was just arriving home. She had a sailor with her. Red, you're up early. Um, oh no, no, late actually. Um, not her now. This is South Sea Sullivan. He, uh, he's a friend. Here to visit while Deadwood is away. Um, uh... Recuperating. Celsi, this is nocturnal, the necromancer. Sure. Now come on. Get your sweet ass upstairs. I ain't been for standing time. Oh, shh, please. I have to use 
Poor Red. I guess she had trouble getting by while her husband was away, drying out. Outside, the sun was coming up over the Romance Quarter. It would have been beautiful, but since this was one of the black and white areas of the city, you don't really get the effect. Once, I used to dream about moving to the color section uptown, just for a few dawns and sunsets, but I know it'll never happen. Only superheroes can afford to live in color. I was starting to feel depressed, so I decided to take a walk out to the funniest ghetto on the edge of town. It didn't take me long to get there. Sometimes I swear this place is getting smaller. Funny town. Old radios that played nothing but 30s jazz. No furniture or cars later than 1950. No urban violence that wasn't in some way amusing. I'm here five minutes and I start smiling, whistling. I love it. Everywhere people stroll perfectly syncopated from sight gag to sight gag. These people, they were so lively, so talented. They made just walking around seem like poetry. Every movement expressed so much. But there wasn't any work for them. There wasn't any money. They were stuck here. I walked all the way to the wastelands beyond Funny Town, right up to the perimeter fence where I knew I'd find an old friend. Flexible Flynn, about the only superhero I could stand to talk to. Hello, Flynn. How's the horizon? Oh, still pretty much the same. Black clouds with the occasional yellow flames like a petroleum plant or something. Hey, does it look like it's getting closer to you? Closer? What do you mean? The horizon. I've been watching it every day. I think it's getting closer. I stared without detecting any difference. Shortly... Flynn suggested we head back to town for a beer at Captain Billy's. Captain Billy's was crowded. The Boxenbecker boys were here, along with Private Hercules and the Tiger Lady. I let Flynn get the drinks. He's kind of useful like that. I stuck the beer while Flynn drank whiz-bangs the house cocktail. He shouldn't have... He got drunk so quickly, talkative drunk. Something's going on, you know, in the city. People are vanishing. People are uh, are being replaced. Have you seen Tailwind Tucker lately? Or or Muggsy and Jugs? No. Me neither. All I see are these new people, these... New heroes walking around in gangs, looking superior, not not talking to anybody. They scare me shitless. And it's not just people vanishing. Whole areas of the city are disappearing overnight. They're hushing it up because it's election year. Flynn's paranoia seemed unshakable. Finishing my beer, I made excuses and left. Outside, two blocks south, I spotted a bunch of the new people Flynn had mentioned. They stood jostling around something on the sidewalk, 
laughing with deep, powerful voices across the street to see what it was. It was an old dog man from Funnytown. The new people were torturing him. Mutilate a funny, and seconds later, he's healed completely. Often, they'll let you disfigure them for a buck. They felt sick and walked on quickly. I watched TV for a while, mostly election news discussing which political caricature was the current frontrunner. Teddy Roosevelt had stepped down, leaving Nixon and Hitler to duke it out between them. I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe making all my famous mesmeric passes and conjuring illusions has warped my mind, but... Well, things don't seem as real as they used to. By late afternoon, I sadly needed something to confirm my objective physical status. After an hour of wretched deliberation, I walked down two floors and stood outside Red's apartment, daring myself to knock. I didn't have to. The door swung open at first touch. It's locked had been forced. My impressions were confused. Darkness, a woman whimpering quietly, leather glistening in the shadows, and then... Okay, Scum, what's your interest? You're a customer, a pimp. You dress like a pimp. Uh, what? Oh, no, no, uh, a neighbour upstairs. We can check on that creep. In the meantime, Mrs. Dimstead is... Currently unavailable. She's a prostitute. The corpse would have her caution. We won't. Now, get out of here. I'm not a brave man. I backed out, stammering, terrified, apologizing, trying not to meet Red's terrorized, pleading eyes. She knew. She knew why I'd come to visit her. The people in her room had been costume types. I didn't know. New people. Fleeing the Prince Features building, sick with shame. I resolved to help Red, doubting already that this was possible. Perhaps Flynn could advise me. Running through the darkening streets towards Captain Billy's, I suffered an irrational dread that when I turned the corner, the bar wouldn't be there. But it was. Inside, everybody seemed nervous and subdued when I asked if they'd seen Flynn. Eventually, Cactus Face, from Ace Tricky Investigates, pointed to a crowd standing in the corner. It was Flynn. He was talking to a bunch of new people. If he'd had contacts, maybe he could help me after all. He stood with his back to me. I reached out, touched his shoulder. Well... What do you want? The costume was similar, but with slight modifications. The visor looked more sinister somehow. And his face, his build, they were more, well, more realistic. It wasn't Flynn, I thought quite lucidly. This is Flynn's replacement. I 
I barely remember pushing my way out into the streets. I felt as if I were trapped in one of little Sammy's sleepyhead's nightmares. I suppressed an absurd urge to rush home and wake him up. Instead, I found myself heading towards Funny Town. I wasn't thinking about helping Red or learning what had happened to Flynn. All I wanted was Funny Town and its endless consolation. But there wasn't any consolation. There wasn't any funny town. Hey, you, out of the way. You're obstructing an official demolition. Where's it all gone? What's happened to all the people? People? These weren't no people living out here. Just some stray dogs and stuff. They've been painlessly destroyed. Take my advice, buddy, and keep out of it. This city's changing, and some things just don't fit the continuity no more. Dazed, I stumbled away in the direction of the perimeter fence, feet splashing, ankle deep in oily puddles with dirty rainbow slicks. I've been standing here ever since, just watching the horizon with its churning darkness, its smoldering sulfurous light. It's not like a stormfront at all, really. It's more like a vast, creeping industrial mass wreathed in factory smoke and lit only by furnaces. Sometimes it looks as if it's getting closer, but that may be an illusion born of the distance. You have been listening to Gallatry, a community-funded local radio station. I'm Adam Aardvark. Max couldn't be around at the end of the show. He often needs to lie down in a darkened room and sort of, well, convalesce. If you enjoyed today's show and want to know more or simply express a simple and not very cogent opinion, then email us at welcometogallatry at gmail.com. You can tell us what you think, although we might already know what you think. Or failing that, if you genuinely have no idea, we can helpfully provide some new ideas that you can call your very own. Ideas that you can share with your friends and family and become a much more interesting and likable person, if only to yourself. This has been a Gallatry Entertainment broadcast recorded in a haunted pub in Gallatry. No, honestly, voices appeared on the recordings that we later had to edit out. I think we got them all, but who's to know for sure? Anyway, Gallatry is performed by Max Black, written and recorded by Max Black and Adam Ardberg, is copyright Gallatry Productions 2016. Thanks for listening. 
But remember, on your next journey home, Gallatry may be just around the corner. That's all, folks. Thank you, Eustace.